0: 412, the last of the parak, and more on restrictions on deceptive business practices. It says, mm-hmm. A merchant is permitted to receive, collect uh, grain from five different threshing floors. A goron is where they thresh it, meaning five different fields, five different suppliers, and then put it, all that different grain into a Megura achas. A Megura is a place where you store stuff, so in this context it would be like a grain silo. The idea is that even though he's combining the grains, people understand that when they're buying from the merchant, even if he has his own fields, people understand that the grain they're purchasing isn't necessarily from his fields, it's from uh, the fields in the area from where he's sourcing all his grain. And similarly, <laughs> he can source his Wine from five different, uh, like that, va- five different, like wine sources, you know, five different uh wineries, and then put all of that wine into a single pit um, again, like a large container of a bath where they store the wine. The point is that people understand that his um wine is is uh coming from multiple sources and being mixed together, and people therefore are not being misled, even if he has his own winery, they get it, it's not. They get it. The setup is that he's not just selling from his own winery. Provided that his intention isn't to do whatever you're not allowed to do in the previous Mishnah, which forbade Ma'arvin um, Peros Paperus. So that means, according to Rashi and the Bartanura, if people think they're getting it from his field, like, you know, he runs a vineyard and they go to the specific winery that he's running, they think they're getting from his winery the wine that came from there, but actually he's got a, you know, a blend of other things as well. That's misleading if people are expecting it to be expecting it from be from his only. Then he's misleading them and it will be forbidden. Um, and uh, certainly, according to um, the other the Rosh, if he's intentionally adding inferior quality, uh, in this case, wine to make more volume from his quality grapes, that again, of course, is misleading and therefore forbidden. Reb Yudah Omer loya chalek batinokos. Yehuda says that the shopkeeper isn't allowed to distribute. Kleos is like toasted like grains. I think like sugar smacks, honey smacks, that kind of thing. Shalva um, in Israel. The egozim, the egozim are nuts. So think think of this as like candy to tinokos to little kids. If the shopkeeper is distributing candy to little kids, the problem is the kids want to go to his shop and. Um, as the mission says, Lavo because he's uh, getting them accustomed to coming specifically to his shop. And the, the concern is, says Rebbe that essentially be an unfair sales practice because it will make the kids drag their mommies into his store instead of other stores. And then the people who are in other stores won't be able to make a living. And the Torah really um, embraces like a pretty capitalistic free market economy um laissez faire approach to things it does have certain guardrails and the guardrails are put in place to ensure that people can make an honest living and that's important and that in the case of Ribhudah this is this is no good however the chamatzir and the rabbis and the Lacha permits this kind of thing and um, because if shopkeeper A e is giving out you know uh, candy Klaus and a so then shopkeeper B e, if he wants can give out popcorn and you know they can go into competition what's the problem there's no it's not unfair to have this kind of competition and therefore it's permitted for this is the Mishnah, v'lo yifchos es hasha'ar. The salesperson, this is also sort of Yehuda talking again, he, he cannot sell at a price beneath the fixed market price. Basically, sort of undercutting his competitors by sort of um, like even like, a, like a, a, a lost leader type thing even. The point is to sell merchandise at below the normal price. is forbidden, Says a Yehuda. His name's not explicit, but that's who's talking. Uh, because again, it will force the competitors to drop their prices. They can't earn an honest living um, you know, and, and that puts unfair pressure on them and that's no good. But the Kham omrim laTov, the say to the contrary, it's a marvelous thing for um the salesmen to drop their prices because it means that the price in general market will come down. And although like I said before, the Torah sort of embraces um competition, the the notion of the capitalist notion that we have in our, in our free market, you know, 21st century world is that competition will drive down prices, which is for the benefit of the consumer. That is not exactly what's driving this because what's driving it more is um, we don't want exploitation to happen later. See, what happens is we're not so concerned that everyone should get the cheapest grain possible. We just want everyone to have grain. We want everyone's, you know, stomachs to be full and everyone to be able to make an honest living. The thing is that, remember, in the time of the Mishnah, grain came out once a year when it was the end of the harvest season. And there were speculators, essentially, who would who would hoard grain and keep it for later on in the year when people were sort of desperate for grain. And there's no more grain to come around, so therefore they could ask for exorbitant prices. So by pushing the prices down now, it will encourage people um, to buy more grain now and also um, discourage speculators from holding things because they'll think they're not going to able to make a living. And that will then ensure that not necessarily now things are so much cheaper, as in the future they will be cheaper because it won't be these sort of these speculators that are unfairly driving with the price later on because that would be bad for people. So since we're benefiting the consumer, so everyone's got food to eat, that is a good thing, and therefore it's Latov, and that's the din as well. Further, says the Mishnah, lo yavor divrei, divrei abishol. abishol holds that you can't, like, sift the beans. This is, you know, imagine, I think if you think of, you know, like, um, think of shelled peanuts. So, you know, the peanut has this, the peanut is kind of, I'll call it, like, white color, you know, tan, brown, and then it's got like this, sort of like this red skin, which is a big mess. And kind of no one wants to eat that red skin. You'd be happy to sort of sift it away and just get the yummy, you know, light brown nut without that red skin. So what Abishul is saying is you can't sell peanuts or the equivalent um, in a way that they've already been, all oh, that extra skin has been sifted away because then people think your peanuts are much better than their competitors because they'll look much nicer. And therefore they'll pay a disproportionately high price. They'll be overpaying because they'll overestimate the value and quality of your peanuts because you made it look nicer. And therefore, um, Rabbi Shul says that's deceptive and therefore forbidden. But the Chacham material and the Chacham say, yes, you can. Why? Because people understand two things. First of all, people see they understand. Yes, this is what peanuts look like when they're sifted, and therefore they'll pay a higher price because that's what people are. And second of all, even if you will say, listen, the the value of the sifted with the unsifted is not that big a difference, so why is it such a premium on the sifted? The answer is, listen, no one wants to bother, bother to sift and get rid of all that That stuff. They don't do the work. So, since the salesman is doing the work of getting the chaff off of the greasin like the peanuts, etc., so he's doing them a service and people are prepared to pay for that service. That's permitted. That'll be the din also. Umodim. However, the rabbis do agree. They say you can't, the rabbis agree, what you cannot do is um, sift off, like sort of clean up just the top layer of I'll call them peanuts um in the top of the barrels where you're selling them. when people come they buy like a whole barrel worth and they think it's all been sifted when it hasn't. So you're tricking them. It looks much nicer than it really is because when they get to the lower down of the container, they've been uh, deceived and it's gonna be low quality. That of course is forbidden as a deceptive sales practice. Um that's it then also. And uh and finally it's of I and that means literally it uh, steals the eye. That's a little translation, but it means, again, it deceives the person. So deceptions are our concern here, and that is certainly a deceiving practice. Therefore, it's forbidden. Finally, says the Mishnah, um, The word mefarkes, it's a little bit unusual word here. It means to sort of embellish the idea of being, making something look better than it really is you're hiding its defects and then of course is being deceptive and that's forbidden therefore so Lois Adam, a person this talks about a human who's being sold like on a slave market so let's say you've got a, an elderly gentleman who's being sold as a slave he's got grey hair no one wants to buy an old man so you dye his, his hair black so people think he's 40 instead of 60 years old so, they are prepared to buy him um, but that's actually misleading because you know, of course he really is a grey-haired 60-year-old man and therefore you've tricked people Similarly, um, when it comes to the behema, the idea is if you feed the behema like a lot of like, I don't know, water enriched with bran or something, it gets swollen. It looks like there's more meat on the bone than it really is. It looks like it's healthier than it really is. Um, and therefore, people are misled. And of course, they take it home and the animal gets back to a normal level of hydration and they got tricked. Okay, so that's forbidden. And finally, below akalem. other things you're selling, utensils, you can't sort of give it a fresh coat of paint and cover up its, uh, its, uh, its problems because people are being tricked. So this is not referring to new calum. Obviously, when you're selling something new, you can make it look nice and shiny and, and polish it up because that's what people want to see when they're buying a new, whatever it is they're buying a new car, you know? But if it's an old car, used car, which has all, you know, been accidents it has been repaired and so on, but you just give it a fresh coat of paint and make it look like a new car, that's misleading and deceptive, and therefore it's forbidden. Um, so therefore, when it comes to used kalem used utensils, you may not... Uh, Embellish them in such a way that it disguises uh, the problems that, or the shortcomings, or the blemishes that really are there.